This is Podmakers. Do you ever wonder how podcasting could help your business or even if you're doing business right? Do you ever wonder what it takes to start and maintain a podcast or about the reasons for starting and maintaining one? Do you ever wonder what other business owners and podcasters are going through behind the scenes, away from the highlight reels and shiny filters of social media? Wonder with us on podcasting and how to show up intentionally and be heard. Hey, Karen. How's it going? (laughs) Good. I'm glad that we had a long, long pre-show because I feel like we needed it. Oh my gosh, we just (laughs) chatted for like an hour about all the things and I'm so grateful. Such a good way to come into this space. I am super excited about what we're talking about today. So this is one, this is an idea that we like, I think one of our very first ideas that we came up with and something that we talk about semi-regularly because it makes us laugh. But as you can tell from the title, we're talking about what do people think podcasting is today? Like, like what the heck do people think it is? Honestly, what do people think it is? What do people think it is? And it's all over the board. What do they it's think all we do? over the yeah. map. What do people think we do? So we'll talk about that. We're also going to give dear listener. We'll also give you a little bit of our own stories as far as how we've, how we've come into the podcasting industry and what it looks like for us being in the podcasting industry, what, what podcasting is not. And some of our favorite things about podcasting. So something that Casey and I can get really passionate about and we love to compare notes on. So buckle up. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Okay. So the first thing we wanted to talk about is like what people do when we try to explain what it is we do for a living. Like what happens for me is like, Typically, nine times out of 10, I'll explain what I do. And before I'm even done saying what exactly it means, their eyes are glazed over. It's like they (laughs) are like, what? What does that mean? Like the one time that someone got really interested in what I do, it was a couple weeks ago at a pool party. And she was like, so what does that mean? Like, what do you do? And like, how do you get clients? Like she was asking me really specific questions. And I was like, Oh my God, it made me feel so good. And I was like, it made me realize like no one ever does that. Like that's not already in the podcast space to some extent. And like, so people like in my day-to-day life, I don't get that kind of fix of talking about what I do and how I do it or any of that stuff. Cause it's like, I I don't know if they're like afraid to ask what it means or like (laughs) how it works or if they're just like, Oh podcasting I don't know anything about that so I probably wouldn't understand what she's talking about anyway (laughs) it's hard to tell like where it's coming from but it's like yeah I pitch people for podcasts to guests as you know on reputable shows and then I also take those episodes after you're done making your your gold and I turn them into SEO friendly blogs so that you can be found on you know from cold search traffic and stuff like that you're not just relying on the podcast being published, you're giving it extra legs, you're giving it extra life and all that good stuff. And I think people's, I mean, I don't go into that as my explanation because that's a lot of like technical jargon, but kind of what I I try to have ready is like an elevator pitch and I shorten it so much. I'm like, and it's really generic. I'll be like, I try to help people run and market their online businesses, which is true, but it's like real generic. Like it's not very, and they're just like, oh, you work from home. And it's like, yep, that's it. That's what I do. <laughs> yep, I do. 
I live at the lake. I work from home. I live the dream life. It's a very like amorphous <laughs> thing that I feel, I feel like in their brains. They're just like, I'm not sure. She's on a laptop. She works. Yeah. You know, I don't know. She makes money somehow. I don't know. I feel like that's a funny realization that I came to as an adult, though, is that, like, we're all just, like, like, none of us really know what, like, people's jobs look like. And we're all just like, mm. oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you do things on we a computer. We have a rough idea. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like my sister-in-law you know? works for a construction company in the office. And I'm like, I maybe kind of sort of know what that entails. I mean, it's like I get enough of a gist. Yeah. Like I kind of can imagine what her day might be like. <laughs> yeah, like I have a client whose partner is in finance. Know. And I'm like, oh, they like work from home. They have like multiple monitors set up. And they have really intense seasons. But I'm like, what are their email correspondents look like? I don't know. Like, I literally have no idea. But yes, okay, back to, so I, my experience is, one, it depends on what I actually answer with when people are like, what do you do? Because I have been a spiritual director, artist, and podcast editor, podcast producer for a long time, for five years or so, all three of those things. And so usually I'll just spit out like, oh, I'm an artist, spiritual director, and podcast editor. And this is a funny shift. Even I used to say podcast producer more and have shifted into saying podcast editor a little bit more because I feel like people understand what that looks like. When I say podcast producer, people think that I'm just like out here produce like on a large scale producing these like big shows and people is the funniest thing. Like this is why I wanted to talk about this here too, is that like when you and I were texting about this, I was like, wait, what? Like you get like deadpan, like zero response like to this. I'm like, I feel like podcast editing or anything podcast, if I say podcast producer and podcast editing, editing, that's the thing that people latch on to more often than anything else, like artist or spiritual director. Spiritual director, people are like, I don't touch that with a 10-foot pole because it sounds religious and I don't know what it is and that's weird, which is funny because then other people will be like, oh, like that's the only thing that they hear and they'll be like, what does that look like? What is that? You know, it just so depends on the person. But as far as like when people are most commonly interested in the podcast editing and podcast production, (laughs) one of the first things that people ask me usually is, oh, do you work on any shows that I listen to? Uh, My friend, I do not know what shows you listen to. And there are (laughs) millions of podcasts out there. Like, I, uh, I don't know. Like, probably not what shows you like, like, so then I'll go into, I specialize in podcasts for people with online businesses, especially coaches and activists in order to get their message out to the world and find their clients that fit with them. Right. And so then that breaks it down a little bit as far as like, Oh, but then I feel like there's just so many different categories of what podcasts are that so many people, when they hear the word podcast, they think of like, what do you call them? The like murder? I don't know. I'm like not in this genre at all. Oh, the true crime. Yes, yeah. thank you. I was true like, what crime. is the whole category called? They think of like true crime podcasts or like NPR podcasts, like very highly produced, like story kind of type shows. So then when I tell them yeah. that I specialize with online businesses, especially coaches and activists, they're like, wait a minute. But it's funny because I actually get, I mean, it boosts my ego a little bit usually because people are like, 
whoa, like that's so cool. Like I don't know anybody that works in the podcasting industry. And that's probably a majority of like millennials, like Gen Zers, you know, that I'm talking to as far as like that Mm -hmm. goes. But yeah, I always think that like those reactions, like how different our reactions and maybe that's like a regional, I have no idea. I just think that's so funny. Yeah. Cause like with you being in Denver and me being in a little tiny suburb outside Alabama, I mean, outside Birmingham in Alabama, it's like, I don't think, I don't think coaching is really like talked about a lot in general in my area. People are like, what do you mean? Like, like a life coach kind of, and people have like super interesting perceptions of what life coaching actually is, whether it's like, do they think it's therapy? Do they think it's something like weird and woo woo or like something that like uh, Oprah has a life coach, like normal people don't have life coaches type of thing. And it's like, well, they do, but that's okay. So that's tricky. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a gross generalization of your region. Yeah, but I think I feel like too that starts to get into like where we're going with this this episode too, as far as like because then I'll also I feel like another question, another thing that I'll get in response often too is, oh, I've been thinking of starting like a hobby. Oh, I've always wanted to start a podcast. Yeah. Like, what does it yeah, look yeah, like? Yeah, for yeah. You? How do you start a podcast? And I'm like, wait, 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 my friend, you want me to drop on you in five minutes, like in this, like, which also just shows my social anxiety. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do here. But I'm like, Oh, yeah, sure. Like, sure. Like, if you want to start a podcast, you start a podcast. It's an excellent medium. It's like super fun and accessible for most folks. And you can start a podcast with very little. And also, it's not not free. You know, like, it's like, you know, it's, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, what did you initially think about podcasts, Casey? Were you always like a big fan of the industry? Were you one of the like early adopters when Apple Pods came out? Like what is what is your podcast journey look like as far as a like general, like general and as a consumer? I would say my podcast use like as a listener really ramped up probably five-ish years ago. I'm so terrible with like years that things happened. But it was about five years ago when I was ready to even begin to think about becoming self-employed. I was like, what would I do? What, you know, qualities do I have already that I could use to create a business that like lines up with my life and the lifestyle I want to have, my talents? How can I help people? All those things that we think about when we're starting a business. And that's when I typed freelance writer into Apple pods to see like what kind of resources were out there that I could listen to while I was working at my day job. And cause podcasts were something like I could still work while I'm listening. It's not going to take away, you know, I could listen on my break. I'm still learning, but I'm not having to stop work, which felt really good for me at the time. I was like in a really stressy, desperate to leave place with the jobs that I was taking and I found an amazing podcast. It's now, it doesn't exist anymore, but it was from my first business coach and she essentially had a freelance writing school and it was a course that taught you all the building blocks you needed to know how to like create samples of your writing, how to find clients, you know, exercises to do, books to read for mindset because that was like when I really got introduced to mindset and how that works 
can work for or against you. So like try to help it make, help make it work for you. And that like was a huge turning point in my life. Like a podcast literally changed my life because that's when I started to realize like what was possible in my business, what was possible for me as a creative person that I could create a business that would exist in the world and actually help people. It was like, you have to think of yourself as a whole different person and like a different reality. And it's crazy. And it takes so much more than you think it will. And having her support like through her podcast of like, she would answer specific questions. She would answer questions before I even realized I had them. So I was like binging her content. It was amazing that I wasn't like quite an early adopter of podcasts, but when it came time for like, I need a resource from someone who knows what they're talking about. They can help me right now, today, like podcasts just like won the day. It was amazing. And I think I've just been a fan ever since of the medium, of creating content, of helping others create content so that things like this can happen. We can facilitate people <laughs> changing their lives in the way that they really want to. It's really important yes. work. Yes. Oh, I love it. Thank you. That's, I'm also like when <laughs> I'm always blown away when I remember this. Um, but when we, when I asked like, were you an early adopter? I mean, podcasts were created in 2004. Can you believe that? 2004. Right. I'm like, so like I yeah. was not, I remember like the podcast section on my iPod and just being like, what yeah. is that for? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that won't last. Like I'm here. Is that like you. radio on my phone? Yes. What is that? Like, I don't even understand the concept. Yes. Yeah. I remember like that, like being, yeah, just, I think that's what I remember as far as like early podcasting. Like, um, why is this on my iPod? And like that podcast existed before they were like on iPods and stuff too. So anyway, I was not an early adopter. I was not necessarily interested in the medium and didn't understand the medium, I think, because I was young. I'm trying to remember when I started really consistently listening to pods. I think that was probably in my master's degree. And I think it was definitely from a lens. This is a personal take, but definitely from the lens of I was very religious at the time. Probably part of my like, oh, I journal in the morning and then I listen to this like podcast to check off my, I had a little bit of religious OCD. So I would go through like my little checklist of like how I'm going to be okay before I enter my day so I can handle it like in the most Christ-like manner possible. So I think podcasts probably entered my life in like that lifestyle way of listening to other people's content on spirituality and like the, and like Christian living, like those types of podcasts through some of our socio-political movements in this country got super into I would say podcasts became like a part of my daily routine through some election seasons you know like five six years ago so became like started consuming them a lot more for political content news po- content I definitely go through phases of listening to a news podcast every single morning but was definitely using them as far as like gaining knowledge I love NPR's podcasts and like anything that they can put out. Serial is like my fucking jam. I love anything that Serial puts out and they're just so well done. So of course those radio gods have created like incredible podcasts. But yeah, I mean, as far as I can go into my business history with pods too, but I think I I finally came to this medium of just being like, wow, like this is another way to not only disseminate information, but to bring like a creative and like artist flair to getting stories out into the world. So I'm very much, I mean, like you come from like the writing place. I come from the place of like 
stories are what connect humans stories like and we're constantly writing our collective story by creating art by creating these remnants and these artifacts that will be archived in some way this is how we tell our collective human story is by making these things and that's how we find connection and you know me always bring a deep level too as far as like I'm a person that struggles with I can enter depression very quickly and very easily and so always having to focus on other people's human experience that we're all here we're all doing our best we're all connected that I'm not alone in this this human experience and suffering too so I feel like I use podcasts for that in a really big way I'll jump into this but in 2016 I think 2016 2015 had some friends that had been producing a show with a small magazine here in Denver that they were friends with the editor and producer of the magazine. So they had been producing a show with her for a while and then there had been a fallout. And so they wanted to kind of take their show somewhere else, but they wanted partners in it. And so they had invited me and my husband to become partners in that show that was called I Contain Multitudes. We're interviewing people all over Denver, Denver area, people that we considered creatives So that was everything from investigative journalists to actual artists to executive directors of nonprofits. We were just trying to talk to, we we ran it under the umbrella of the nonprofit that I had created called Fodder. And so we were just wanting to talk to creative people that were creating transformation in our society in some way, either through creating their own art or by creating programming or putting stories out there, whatever that looked like. So that's where I actually... I learned to edit audio through my video editing classes in school, but very minimally, right? And so I asked my my friend Andy, like, hey, can I take over some of the load of editing? And like, can you teach me or can I like, can I like teach myself and we'll like see if we can crank these episodes out a little bit more so that he's not the only one kind of dredging through all the audio. And that's when I taught myself. After people knowing that I was doing that show a little bit, they were, it's funny because this like so relates to the like, what do people think about podcasting? So like people were like, oh, you produce a show. Oh, you could edit mine. Like you can, you can do mine. And I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know. Like you trust me to edit your show. And I was like, I had to just be like, Karen, like you edit and produce, like you edit and produce your own show. Like, and I was doing all of the like, like the project management too, the emailing back and forth, the setting up the recordings. At this time, also, I became the owner of a sound booth at a co-working space. So I was also managing and like renting that out and like having people come in and rent my equipment and like all of that. So anyway, that's like a lot of it. But I kind of threw myself into the industry by like, one, I dipped my toe into this show with friends and then taking on more and more responsibility with that became known as kind of the podcast person in my co-working space in my community. And then therefore then had a nonprofit, a coach that's a family member. So people take a chance on me wanting me to edit their show for like, I mean, I gave them a good deal, but like started editing other people's shows and getting into the industry. So then it's been, Casey knows this about me. I'm an Enneagram four. I'm an artist through and through. And so of course it's not until maybe recent years that I've actually really been owning the fact that I'm in this podcasting industry and that I am a podcast editor. I used to even call them audio projects when I was starting out and it would confuse the heck out of my clients. But I was like, (laughs) no, it's like art. It's like, uh, I like had this beef with like committing to the podcast industry because I didn't know if it was going to last. 
I didn't know if it was going to take. Mm. I really honestly thought it was fatty. Like, oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> I I was very cynical of like the podcasting industry. And I also could hear, heard some voices from like other people as far as like in other countries, some like friends that lived overseas and stuff like that. And a friend and family member that lived in in Sweden and was in the radio industry, just like what podcasts looked like in other regions of the world and how corporatized like everything was becoming. And so I was just like in this weird hole of like, I don't know, I don't know how long this is going to last, but I think it was all just from like self-protection lens too. So I don't know. I can see that. That would make sense. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but to also go back a little bit. So like to lay down, what actually is podcasting? We're doing it. What do you mean? Like, what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're here. This is what we're doing. We're Talking to my God. What I tell people, a podcast is like an audio work, which I know is getting really tricky because we have like video podcasts and blah, 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 blah. I think that it's an audio work that's released on an RSS feed. That's on a, it. On a, I mean, like, on a, like on a regular-ish basis, right? That's yeah. I mean, that's really the only requirement for it to be a podcast, right? Like it doesn't have to fit a certain format. It doesn't have to be for your business. It doesn't have to be for your hobby. Like it can be Mm -hmm. for whatever. It can be a wild hair that you got when you wanted to have a creative idea. Like it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be any specific thing except on an RSS feed audio that you've released and shared. And it doesn't have to be on any specific, it doesn't have to be released. Your RSS RSS feed doesn't have to be hosted by any specific person or be found on any specific podcatcher in order, like, or directory in order to be a podcast. Like, there are people out there that are creating their own RSS feeds for their podcasts. Like, the definition of a podcast Mm -hmm. is literally just an audio project that's released on a semi-regular, this is my definition, side note an audio project that is released on a semi-regular basis on on an RSS feed and is somehow delivered, that RSS feed is somehow delivered to people that then are able to listen to it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And the, the misconceptions of what it means to have a podcast, like things that we've talked about in text and like in conversation and stuff like that, like people, I feel like people think it's automatically like, that's your business. Like the podcast is the business. Like, Oh my gosh. That's how you make your money. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is your income maker. And it's like so often not at all, especially in the circles that we're in where it's a marketing tool. It's not the business unless you're an influencer or a celebrity or something like someone of like that level of podcasting where, you know, people, the ads people are just going to throw ads at you to like read one line and their sales go up overnight. It's not like it's regular people podcasting. Like it's people Mm -hmm. sharing their ideas with the world, helping you have tools that you need to change your life for the better, especially the people that you and I work with, the coaches, the creatives, the activists, Mm -hmm other podcasters, therapists, all types of people. Mm-hmm. It's like our goal is to help you have your voice heard. And so like when you're thinking about starting or maintaining your podcast, it's not necessarily like, and podcasters know this, but like general public doesn't typically know this about podcasting. It's like, it's specifically a marketing tool, like probably 
like 98% of the time, I feel like the percentage of people that actually are like the podcast is my job. This is how Mm -hmm. I make the most money is a really small percentage. Yes, absolutely. And that's, there's a John Acuff article and I think he did an episode on one of his shows also about this, but he got really, really real about the stats of shows that are actually successful from a monetization lens. Mm. And it was really, really refreshing to me because I had felt all of this pressure of any time that I talked to people about podcasting or they were interested in starting a show with me, it was mostly creatives. And maybe this is just the community that I'm in. It was a lot of creatives that were like, oh my gosh, this is going to be my way out of waitressing. This is going to be my way out of, you know, like this is going to be the way that I create a business that's going to be creative and based in my interests and allows me to do my own work from home and like all of that. And I started throwing at them like these John Acuff like stats and everything as far as like he got really real and was like, I'm successful because I was a celebrity and author before I created my show. Like, and he gets like shows like all of the stats around like the most successful shows as far as that are coming from a business perspective are celebrities. They already have a massive following. So it's kind of like starting a business without having an email list or anything like that. You know, like you're not going to get this massive return right away. Like, anyway, we could do it. We're going to do a whole episode on monetization and our opinions on like money and like all of that from podcasts. But I kind of break down, I think there's like maybe four or five categories for me as far as that podcasts fall into from this lens of the like radio based storytelling, which is like the NPR, the like very involved, highly produced which is a little bit of a gray area because that is the business. And I think that that's where a lot of the model of like this podcast is a business comes from is because radio has had to support itself through ads, through fundraising, through all of these things for a long time. And so they kind of created the model. So that's also one thing to also note is that so much in podcasting, this is a new, it's a new medium, it's a new frontier. And also the closest thing that we have to it is radio. And so a lot of things are borrowed and taken from radio, which makes sense because it's such a similar medium at the same time that it's very different. So we can't just take all of that and then like apply it to this industry either. Mm -hmm. So like, it's even really tricky as far as like, it took me forever to figure out even like what I did because I was like, I'm an audio engineer, but also like not entirely, but I'm a podcast, I'm an editor, but also I don't have an audio, like as far as if I just look at radio, like radio has executive producers, producers, audio engineers, editors, like story creators, like all like writers, like all of that stuff that like a TV show would have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I can go down that wormhole, but I won't. Just this idea that like there's these these categories of story, relational marketing, I would say, which is where you and I find ourselves because we're working with people that are that are using their podcast for relational marketing. And then there's podcasts for business. So like, and maybe the, the relational marketing is within the business umbrella. But I when I say business podcast, I mean that the podcast is the business. And then maybe hobby podcasts, like people that are just doing it with, they make all of their money in their full-time job. And then they just create it, you know, and I think of this, like I've worked with somebody before that had a show about like women, women drinking whiskey. Like they just wanted to come together and record their, like all of their whiskey tastings together. They were really passionate about their whiskey tastings. That to me is a hobby show. Are they going to get ads at some point? Maybe. Are they going to support their livelihood with that show? The odds are not in their favor. (laughs) You yeah, know, like, probably not. 
So, and the last thing I'll say on the money thing, and this will come up in the like monetization episode too, is that like you and I have talked about before, like we're not working with people that, I mean, most often you might with pitching and stuff like that more. I don't usually edit for folks that are like some of my clients have diversified the income in their business. And one of those income streams is ads on their show because they got an offer from somebody that fits. But I don't have a lot of clients that have gone into it being like, this is going to be my business. This is going to be my workforce and my moneymaker because of looking at the statistics and the numbers on that. For me, it just, unless there's a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of money to pour into it and a really, really high level audience, I'm just not working in that way. So I've told you before, like, I feel like so many people go into it looking as like, I didn't buy my house so that it would pay its own mortgage. Like I am not creating a podcast so that it pays for itself and then pays me. And I know that that metaphor falls apart because some people do like have income properties and that kind of thing. But like some people have income properties. Some Some people have podcasts that are businesses, right? Like it's not... Like, I'm not super interested in working with somebody that's like, this is, which this is just a lot of different energy than me, but like, this needs to pay for itself and like directly. So a lot of my clients are coming to this being like, this is a mark. This is my free give of all of my content and all of my value to give like to client nurture, but to also attract new clientele and my services are what pay for my podcast. So there's that. I love it. So, oh my gosh, that's another thing that's in our notes. The same thing as like the house thing. People will be like, oh, I'll just, <laughs> I compl- I totally did this when I first started my like, business or when I first built a website for my art. I remember sitting in the, the my grad school library and like building my art website and being like, I'm really doing it. Like, I'm going to put this out into the world and I'm going to sell pieces. And that's like, a, that's like the same thing. So like everybody's learning now that like creating a website doesn't mean sales. And yes, I feel like you and I are doing a lot on educating people that just building the podcast doesn't mean listeners. Like you yes. can't just build the website and sell your pack. Like you've got, you have to, yeah. Everybody's not going to come running yeah. to your pod just because you made it, which is yes. just, just like, yeah. Note. Which I mean, in a way, like if we break that down, like, Yes, when you were creating your website, you were taking a step like you were getting closer to the sales of your art because you I mean, if you want to sell it online, you have to have a website first. So I don't want to discredit your work of like building the foundation. But we have to take it. Yeah, it's it matters. And like, (laughs) we have to take it a little bit further than that, though. Like we have to like people need to know it exists. Like you have to be willing to get visible, which is a whole other thing. That's probably a podcast episode right there. It's like being willing totally. to give it, especially in the pitching space, being willing to be visible and what that really means. And once you open the door to it, are you really committed to it, et cetera, tangent. But like, once you start your podcast, like you have to consider like all of your needs first for your business rather than create the thing and then just decide it as you go. So thinking about like, can I do this consistently? How can I share value with people that I hope to be 
clients of mine in the future? Like, what can I give them to make their day and life easier? Which also communicates that I understand them. They'll want to work with me. It builds your no like trust factor. I feel like just hearing people's voices too, which is kind of in another section of our notes of like some of our favorite things about podcasts in the industry is hearing people's voices, like hearing tone of voice, hearing like accents or not accents. Like you learn things about people that you wouldn't learn reading from like the little squares on your phone or reading from an email, like from your newsletters and stuff. It's another tool in your marketing toolkit that helps you build that rapport with people and help them kind of know you before they know you. Yes, absolutely. And that's why like, I feel like the relational word on the marketing piece is so important because it is and like it is you said the like showing up and that's why like my branding is heal and go public because like it is going public like you are putting yourself out there in really big ways and that's why I always rant on here on my own show about doing all of the inner work because usually when my clients are not showing up to the microphone it's an inner work thing they're worried about their voice they're worried about how they're showing up they're somebody that is that has created a negative narrative in their head is showing up in their studio space like metaphorically right yeah. So it does take a, you know, it does take a lot to put yourself out there. That's why when I created the show with my friends, I contain multitudes, we called it I contain multitudes, because I was so freaking stressed about my voice, my story, my words, like you can get this, like we were interviewing other people. But I was so worried about my feedback and like my opinions on there being archived on the internet forever or like people hearing them, that we literally called it I Contain Multitudes after that poem because I needed the permission built into the actual framework of the show that like I could change my mind tomorrow. I could become like an entirely different person in five years, but that like what I said in this one moment on this one show, I mean, given this tells a lot about my own perfectionism journey and my history, but like I needed it built into the show to give myself permission as far as like I can show up here. And like, the, it's okay. Yes. It's okay. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, it can be, I mean, it's, yes, but that's the best part of, one of the best parts of the medium. It's not just a Facebook ad that like, you mm-hmm. know, like I know, yes, like on your website and your first before the fold, like you put your face so that people can relate to you because like our brains do things differently with faces But, oh my gosh, take that times a million, voice, like voice and cadence and like how I talk to you and how I relate to people. And especially if you're doing an interview show, like how you relate to others in the space. Like, so it's a really powerful medium. I mean, even just thinking of like the fact that we can include music, music like does something in our brain, right? Like music moves us. And that added with the ability to hear someone else's voice in your ears throughout your day, like there's a big connection that happens. Like I feel like actual relationships are really built rather than like the Instagram content Mm. that we're like spewing at people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it really it feels like you can get to know someone through a podcast. It feels like even if you've never met, it's almost like that feeling of 
like when you grow up watching a certain a certain show as a kid and you kind of like feel like you know the actors and stuff because it's like you kind of raised each other together that kind of thing <laughs> like the specific show i'm thinking about is boy meets world and i listen to pod meets world that's one of my favorite podcasts yes. And it's like, so I actually bought a ticket to their tour, which I may have already talked about on the pod, but I'm going to talk about it again because I'm excited okay. and it's next week. And so we're going to Nashville next week to see the tour and like we got VIP tickets so we can like meet the hosts and stuff. And it's going to be so weird because I don't know them, but it feels like I know them. I've been listening to their podcast for a year. I watched the show when I was growing up. It's like this whole like conglomeration of things that's happening that's going to come together. I'm really excited about, but Amazing. it's there's something about if it had just been the show, like however many years ago that's been, I think the show ended in like 1999 or 2000. Yeah. Like I still have a connection to those people because of the time of my life that I watched it, but without the pod, it would be totally like that's a long time to go like. It, it does something in the interim of like where you feel reconnected to people and you know them now and you know what's going on yes. in their life now and like what's important to them now. And it's like, I kind of know you. I feel like I do kind of know you a little bit. And I don't think, I don't think a lot of mediums achieve that outside of podcasting. Right. Yes. And we can see it too with like, that's such an amazing example because like, you know, just the number of shows that become tours like they actually are taking these hosts on tour and doing these live events and that kind of thing because people are so yeah. the hosts and the people yeah it's amazing thing that didn't happen before. Like opens up it did not happen before like this is this really amazing thing that's happening as far as these spaces that are created I also wanted to shout out that my I can kind of relate to that story in a way that's going to be a, a total miss for you. But I used to, used to be really into the Bachelor franchise, and I'm like, very, I'm like a reality TV like sucker. People judge me. I'm fine. It's fine. Whatever. No judgment. But I would listen to Bachelor pods also just to like get all the like deets of because I'm not going to Google. I'm yes. not going to go through all of the gossip sites on like what's and happening. All the articles. But I'm like, still that takes know. forever. And I want yeah. my pod homies to tell me about it. Like, I want to feel like we're just having a drink yes. and we're like chatting about The Bachelor. Like, because maybe, like, yes. maybe everybody else in my life is too grounded to watch reality TV. I don't know. I don't know. But like, I need my Who homies to talk about Bachelor. <laughs> it feels like a chat with your friends. It does. Yes. And it feels like something you you start to crave, like, especially when they're on like a regular publishing schedule and you're like, Oh, is it time for it yet? Is it Wednesday afternoon? Are they going to release it? It's like, Oh, I just need to hear it. I just need it to make my week better. Yes. You know? And it's like, you look forward to it. Yeah. yeah. I love that. And it's like such a, because of the nature of the media and you're also not watching something like we see, especially with us being yeah. on our computers so much more now, like for work and everything, like, yes, we have our TV shows. We crave our TV shows, all of that. But like, my husband and I have implemented in different seasons, we make this happen and other seasons we don't, but like, we'll have like a reading night, a podcast night, like that kind of thing, because we just need a break from like, we sit down and we watch the TV and we, you know, like I'm on a computer all day long staring at a screen. I don't want to go then like stare at a screen for my relaxation time. And we're also always looking at like our 
mental, I mean, our mental hygiene and like what, like our, our physical wellness, like all of that, like we don't need to look at blue light all day long. So anyway, the podcast being for that, there's something to mention here too, as far as like the industry, like the medium lends itself to being able to consume these things at all different times. I know people that listen to pods while they run, while they work out, while they do their body movement, whatever that looks like. I don't because I need music to like really hype me up. I got a lot of performance anxiety around exercise. Um, I know a lot of people that listen while they work out. I listen, so I have a small child. So I will go AirPods in and chop vegetables for dinner to get a little bit Mm -hmm. of alone time. And then she can't listen to my adult pods. It was a regular part of my day when I was commuting because... I love music, but I love intaking information and hearing stories. Like I think a lot of our brains love that. So there have been shifts as far as how people consume because of the pandemic and everything and people going to work, going into offices and going to offices less. But like when we're on a road trip, like I'll download like 18 pods for us to listen to. But y'all listen as a as a family. Yes. That's interesting. So like one of my favorite Will shows. And I never listen to really? Stuff. Shout out to Ologies. Yeah. Ologies is one of my favorite things. Ali Ward is hysterical and it's so much information. It's science-based. But they do smallogies, which is just like, come on. Like they're her creative force that is around this show is amazing. They do smallogies so that they are actual edits of the longer episodes that are child-friendly so that you can actually use them in the classroom also, which is very cool. But yeah, that's a whole nother thing. As a mom, podcasts are an incredible tool for me to entertain my child. She has her own shows that she loves. And so we do have to argue a little bit as far as like when we get in the car, if we're listening to a kid pod or like an everyone pod. But yes, we do do family listening my husband and I do listen to some of the same shows and we will listen together. We definitely listen on road trips. We'll send each other things throughout the day. I listen to shows for my job. So if you send me a podcast, yeah. I I'd probably I try listen not to, to it about 10% of the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm going to send you this. But if you don't listen, no big deal because yeah. I know you're like maxed out (laughs) i'm like just tell me what you love about it yeah but anyway yes this industry like this medium is so incredible for the like the accessibility piece of it and also what it gives to us as far as like relationships do you have any other thoughts on like what do people think podcasting is i feel like we covered all the bases awesome so those are all of our thoughts on what podcasting is and maybe what it isn't. I don't know. We didn't go into that very far because staying positive is great. Thanks for listening to another episode of Podmakers. If you want to find me, you can find me at caseyhayes.com. We can consult about podcast guest pitching or repurposing your existing podcast content. I love it. Thank you. Yes, I'm Karen Hibner. If you want to work with me, if you have a podcast that needs editing, a podcast that you want to take to the next level, or if you want to create a podcast, I do free discovery calls where I can give you everything I possibly can in an hour as far as what it looks like to create a pod and what your next steps are. If you want more consulting than that, I do consult and strategy calls, strategy packages. And my favorite thing to offer, my favorite thing to do is to edit for you so that you can just show up to the microphone and do your thing and not worry about the rest and have something that comes out sounding super professional, super produced and super awesome. And you can find out more about that and book a discovery call and do an application to work with me in that way all at my website at karenhibner.com, which is in the show notes, C-A-R-I-N-H-U-E-B-N-E-R.com. Thanks for listening.